Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Wednesday. It is April 20th. I hope your week's going well so far. Yesterday, not a bad day when we look at the markets. Uh, we'll talk about that more when Dave joins us here in just a few seconds. Before we do that, though, let's just uh, talk about the things that you can control when it comes to your portfolio. And the biggest thing and the most popular thing is you can control the risks that you have in your portfolio. But the problem is you have to know how much risk you have and how much risk that you want to take in terms of your risk number. If you don't know those things, it's hard to regulate and change your portfolio in the right perspective. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design so we can help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. With that, we've got Dave coming up next. Michael there. Good morning. We're at 840 here. It's 20 before 9. About 45 minutes from now, they start throwing real money around on the stock market. We always try to get in line and let you know what's likely to affect you and your money today with the help of Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services, who is on the line. Philip, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Dave. Uh, doing well today, halfway through the week. And uh, markets had a great day yesterday. Nice little comeback there. Umgawa, yeah, 500 points up on the Dow yesterday. I haven't seen a 1.5% increase in ages. NASDAQ was up by 2 and uh, two and fifteen hundredths percent up $287. For some reason, my S&P number isn't right on here, so I'm not even going to try on that. Let's see here. That was, Yeah, they were up 1.6%, 70 points yesterday. It was just a dark on good day. You'd almost think happy days were here again, wouldn't you? Yeah, you definitely would based on yesterday. And, you know, I, I think we may see a little carry forward this morning. Uh, who knows what's going to happen after that with some of the data we've got coming out. But, uh, yeah. but definitely a, a good start to the day. Yeah, the day is going to buffet us with a bunch of late reports that if they're good, could help. If they're not good, won't help. I got to believe that a big chunk of yesterday was the uh, major analysts and a bunch of them saying that the odds are against a recession happening this year. Nobody said it wasn't going to happen, but kind of, you know, the conversation we had yesterday, the building blocks indicating an imminent recession just aren't all on the table quite yet. So the odds are, well, we're going to have our bumps in the road. A recession this year probably isn't going to happen. Would that be a fair guess from your analyst? Uh, I'm guessing that that's kind of what we're talking about right now, because, uh, I mean, I base that a lot on wages, right? Wages continue to go up. People are still at full employment. It's hard to run into a recession when you're at full employment. Yeah, I was going to say the employment market, if you took it in a vacuum, is booming. And our biggest problem in this country, taking labor in a, short, in a vacuum by itself, our biggest problem in this country is a labor shortage, which sure as heck doesn't forego a, a recession by any measure. It's the other indications that kind of get in the way. Uh, one thing I was reading, an analyst from the uh, International Monetary Fund, uh, told a bunch of the financial trades yesterday that they were downgrading their plans for world growth. They had uh, projected global economic growth, kind of a composite gross domestic product in the world. They planned on us growing about 4.5%. Yesterday's update downgraded global growth down to a forecast of 3.6%. Uh, really, in a vacuum, that wouldn't be a bad number either if it wasn't such a big downgrade. Well, that, that's true. That's that's a and that is a, a pretty substantial downgrade for the world economy. And uh, but but other than that, I mean, if it's a normal 
normal thing, uh, that's not a bad number, but compared to what everybody expected, that's uh, quite a drop. That's the thing. And it, some of it, I think, might be because we kind of came out of the uh, uh, out of the pandemic recession a little faster than they expected. And now we're getting capped a little bit by the uh, hostilities in the Ukraine. Got to keep in mind that when you basically cut Russia off from the world uh, from the world trade picture and Ukraine is now all of a sudden out of the world trade picture because of Russia attacking them, uh, that's a that's a measurable chunk of the world gross to, gross product. Yeah, I mean, I saw a headline this morning that Ukraine probably will not uh, plant about a third of their acreage uh, for for food next uh, right now. So that's that could be a big deal down the road. They are the breadbasket for a big chunk of that part of the world because they're the number one wheat producer in that neck of the woods. And uh, if their agricultural sector goes completely south, that's going to have a, a, a ripple effect or maybe even a tsunami effect on things like, well, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, food prices in Germany, France, Italy, and places like that. They're already jerking those prices up, and that's not going to be helped one tiny little bit if Ukraine ceases to be a primary supply of wheat. That's right. It's not, and it's uh, that could add to our continued uh, supply chain issues. Absolutely. Among the only macro reports we've got out for the morning early on is there was an early morning release from the Mortgage Bankers Association for mortgage applications in the last week. I mentioned this to you before we went on the air. The number was a 5% decrease week to week in mortgage applications. And the only thing that I'm seeing any kind of a silver lining to the cloud is they did say there was an 8% decrease in refinance applications, meaning that First-time mortgage applications, original mortgage applications, weren't down quite that badly because the number was weighed down by refinance, which makes sense. Those of us that wanted to already did it when the rates were a little lower. Well, that, that's right. So you kind of expect that, right? As interest rates go up, everybody's done the refinances. If they haven't, well, you know, <laughs> they're a little late. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but that, I think I saw that... Uh, the uh, mortgage applications were half of what they were same time last year. Yeah, that, that, that's the absolute number that makes the point of doing an ad for one of our real estate concerns in town. And I was saying basically mortgage rates are still historically low, but they are up from what they were. And that's kind of meaning that what we've got left in the market right now are the serious buyers that need to or absolutely want to move because a lot of folks are sitting on their hands and that might not be the wisest decision because the trend is upward and it's probably not going to go back to where it was anytime soon. No, that's right. I, I don't see it. I mean, I think we saw historically low rates for an extremely long period of time. And so as they rise, I don't expect them to fall. Uh, we may never see interest rates that low again. Uh, probably not. I, I periodically crowed about the fact that I managed to hit a low point when I refinanced my place, and I'm not sure I'm going to see that anytime soon. It's about half of what my parents paid 50 years ago for their home to get a frame of reference. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing that's at all-time lows, and people don't really realize this, I don't think, taxes. Because taxes are the lowest you and I are ever going to see them. And uh, there's some things people could be doing to take advantage of that. And, that, and, that's, a, and that's a big deal because they're going up. And uh, and we know that for sure in just a couple of years. Uh, yeah, we got to pay for all we've done to try to get out of the pandemic pandemic somehow. Whether or not you thought it was a good idea, we've now spent it or we've committed to spending it. And it's got to get paid for one way or the other. And then the interest rate on the federal debt is going to definitely go up. 
all of that put together, yeah, I expect my tax bill to be up in a couple of years. Definitely will be. So take advantage of these low tax brackets we're in right now, folks. Uh, yeah, tidbits to mention. I did notice one of my other economic reports, and I don't know for sure. You track commodities more carefully than I do. A report out this morning says that the global industrial demand for silver is at an all-time low. I know you track the silver futures, and this morning it's showing up yep, adequately. It's back up over $25 a, an ounce, but uh, evidently some of the commodity markets are about to get upset as well. Well, that's actually down because it was up over $26 yesterday. Um, so it had a major fall. And, and right now it's trending pretty uh, almost 1% lower um, today. So it's, uh, it, it is having some pressure put on it. Um, not sure exactly what's causing that. Uh, maybe manufacturing, you know, supply chain issues because silver is used a lot in manufacturing. And if they don't have the other parts, it could be affecting silver for sure. Understood. That did catch my eye just on the ground. You know, industrial demand for it is at an all-time low, and that kind of hit me as going, wait a minute. Pitfalls on the way for today. Among the things coming up, we're going to get a report on existing home sales around 10 o'clock this morning that may confirm or add fuel to the fire about concerns after that mortgage application number. And then the green eye shades go crazy about 2 p.m. because the Federal Reserve releases their beige book, all that detailed, boring stuff that... You know, it never makes the top of the hour news, but the economists at the major trading entities really look at carefully, right? That's right. That comes out at two. And so that could mean uh, some changes in the marketplace, depending upon how they read that base book. And we'll cross our fingers that it doesn't because I'm seeing green ink at the moment. Bunch of reports out, and one of them came in last night. And this one was kind of earth-shaking from the adventurous side of the fence. Netflix actually decreased their subscriber count. That can't be good news. Yeah, you're right. They uh, they did. They And, and here's the deal. They, they were expected to add like 2 million um, subscribers. And they only uh, they actually lost 200,000 subscribers in the quarter. Now, they, they can justify some of it, whether that's good or bad. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but they, they can justify some of it because they lost because of the Russian deal. They lost like 700,000 subscribers to Russia. Uh, hmm. I think when, you know, when they had to cut off. You know, you know, when all the U.S. stuff, hey, you have to quit uh, providing to Russia, that costs them 700,000 subscribers. So that part's probably not really their fault. We, we can say that that's, that's something that's not their fault. However, they would have lost 500,000 anyway. So um, that's um, plus what they gained. So net, they, uh, they would have gained maybe about 500,000 if it wasn't for Russia. Okay. Um, I. My, my favorite financial quote of the day was uh, the perfect case of putting lipstick on a pig. Uh, the Netflix hunches were telling their stockholders in their release on the earnings that they saw this as being a golden opportunity because there's 30 to 50 million subscribers in the United States that are sharing Netflix passwords. So they're going to clamp down on sharing Netflix passwords and they're going to recover that. So they see it as a golden opportunity to increase their subscriber base. Now, that's lipstick on a pig, if I've ever heard. Uh, it definitely is, because one of the things they did put in the letter to shareholders was that, um, you know, there's more uh, competition out there. 
And um, and the, the numbers that I saw was like 30 million or 40 million households sharing. Uh, but let's look at the real numbers because they're not um, they're, they're kind of a mixed bag. Right. Mm-hmm. The earnings per share actually beat. They came in at three dollars and fifty three cents a share versus two eighty nine. So not bad on that side of the coin. However, they did miss on revenue, uh, came in at seven point eight seven billion versus seven point nine three billion expected. The big thing was they lost the 200,000 subscribers. And here's the kicker is that the second quarter, they feel like they're going to lose another 2 million subscribers. Um, yeah, so that's a, that's a big deal. Now, they continue to lose steam. They're down about 28% right now. Good heavens. Yeah, It'll definitely be a new 52-week low. I believe that the competitive landscape in that line of work has got to be getting real interesting with Disney in there, HBO in there. Heck, even CNN is trying to do a paid streaming service now. It's kind of the growth industry in terms of competitors, and there's going to be a major shakeout sometime soon. Yeah, and not just that. I mean, you've got regular networks that are having paid um, streaming. You know, oh, yeah. I think it was at NBC Sports. It, you you got to pay to subscribe to it. So there's more and more of that stuff that's coming out. And uh, and obviously that's going to affect, you know, the hard line, the first in there, Netflix, um, because uh, they're the target. Oh, yeah. And the, and the companies like NBC have a built in advantage because they could afford to give some of their product away for free because they're already selling it for advertising on the broadcast network that hooks you on to Peacock. And then they can say, well, you want the rest of it. you got to pay us something. So that's yeah. something Netflix doesn't have as an advantage. So it's, it's an interesting thought. And obviously, just because of Netflix, too, Dave, that's affecting Disney, Roku and uh, Warner Brothers this morning as well. They're all in sympathy um, heading down this morning. I was wondering if that was why Disney was toward the top of my big loser list, other than what we're trying to do to them up in the legislature in Tallahassee. (laughs) Yeah, that, that, that could have an impact, too. Yeah, they're right at the top of my big loser list. I suspect it probably partially is sector problems off of Netflix. Bunch of other companies reporting, too. Netflix is more fun, but there's a lot of other ones as well, right? There are. You know, Procter & Gamble reported uh, they gained on both the top and bottom line. So they're up about a half a percent this morning. Uh, probably another bigger winner is going to be IBM. Uh, IBM uh, beat by about two cents a share, revenue above forecast. Uh, They got a boost from their hybrid cloud platform. So, uh, again, cloud computing helping them. They're up 2.6% this morning. And then the last one I have for you is um, a company called Omicom Group. Now, that's uh, not a household name, but they're a global marketing company. Um, And they had better than expected revenue. Uh, they, um, they they had some unique challenges, of course, globally because of everything that's happening, uh, but managed to eke out some profits and are up uh, 2.8% right now. Cool. Well, we do have some good news to go this morning, and that's good because the uh, closes yesterday were all up. Dow was up by 499 points. S&P was up by 70, and NASDAQ up by 287. I'm going to assume we've got a little bit of good news to continue this morning, 45 minutes before we open. We do. Right now, we've got the um, the Dow up almost a half a percent. The S&P 500 is up almost a half a percent, and then the NASDAQ doesn't want to get left out. It's up almost a half a percent. Big winner right now is going to be the Russell 2000, up three quarters of a percent. So everything is green on that front. Hey, on the commodities side, though, 
a little different uh, ball game. Like I said earlier, silver is getting beat up this morning, down eight-tenths of a percent. It took a drastic hit yesterday. Um, it's down well below 26. It's actually at $25.20 an ounce right now. Gold, not as bad. It's down about a third of a percent. Crude oil got hit hard yesterday, um, but, but it's rebounding some this morning, up 1% to 103.09 a barrel. About roughly in the neighborhood we were yesterday morning, if memory serves, right? That was about 106 yesterday, actually, Dave. Oh, it did yeah. get up that up. Yeah. Okay. I, I just forget bad news like that. <laughs> Asian rim markets, for the most part, were off at the close this morning. I think the shutdowns in China are starting to get them. The mainland Chinese market is down by 1.5% this morning. European markets, on the other hand, are looking at us and saying, oh, good, things are looking up. 45 minutes before the market opens again, we're looking at some positive ink. That uh, means your retirement fund could actually go up. But if you're watching it day by day, that's really bad advice. How do I find you to get some good advice, Philip? You know, Dave, that's one of the reasons we developed the core retirement design. Give us a call. Let us walk you through that process as well as, hey, like I said earlier, tax rates are the lowest we've ever seen and probably the lowest we will ever see. Don't waste that opportunity. Give us a call at 863-382-0037. And then catch us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. at noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730 and 95.3 FM. And back here again tomorrow morning on Light FM. Philip, thank you so much. We'll catch you then. All right, man. Have a great day. Thank you. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope your week's going well, and I hope you'll join us again tomorrow morning. Same time, same place. Until then, have a great day. Bye now.